Step right up, it's the nail bag. That's the nailed nail bag. Mm-hmm. This is the third one of these we've done. You sent in your listener. Your <laughs> you sent listeners sent in their letters. Letters. We've got letters. Should I do that? No. Sing a song. Nah. Um, Don't take someone else's joke. stick. Inside bad joke. Listeners sent in their letters, and we have our responses that we're going to give live on the air as we read them. So thank you for sending in thoughtful letters and questions, comments, fun things we never thought about, and just praise for our podcast. Jessica's nodding. Her favorite way to communicate (laughs) via podcast with body language. (laughs) So what should we do? Should we jump right into them? Yeah. We just jump right in as, was that a 311 song? Jump right. I don't know any 311, but is it? You're thinking of. Uh, the Urge, maybe? What the hell? Here I go. I don't know. Jump right. I don't know. Let me try that again. You're thinking of Jump Van Halen? I'm not thinking of Jump. Might as well jump. You sound just like David Lee Roth. I know. I'm going to insert some of the isolated. DLR vocals where he's just whooping. I when I was a noises. kid, I loved uh, DLR because his videos were very entertaining, like his solo videos. Such a goofball. Yeah. But they were all like really like sexist and bikini clad girls, oh, yeah. and I was like, why was I enthralled with this? And I guess you liked, liked the bikini clad ladies. I probably just wanted to look like them. I probably thought they were pretty, but I was like, you know, four. I don't know, bright colored, goofy acting people. It was very <laughs> comical, in my opinion. So. People are going to be so mad if we don't start reading letters. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. I was thinking about... They were kind enough to send them. Thinking about DLR. I know. I, it was my fault. I got you started. The first one, can I announce it? Can I set it up and you knock it down? Sure. Is from my favorite named person, Rhombushead, a.k.a. Matt, a.k.a. Pyramid's cousin. <laughs> Pyramid's less... Pyramid... Pyramid Heads. Pyramid Heads, less mm-hmm. popular cousin, Rhombus Head. That's what I was trying to say. You got it. You got there. Okay. Hey, Justin Blake. I finally caught up to the most recent episode today and subscribed to the Patreon. I thought I would take you up on the invitation for listeners to share their fragile stories. Mine is very long and personal, but if you want to share this novel on a nailed bag, I'm cool with it. It's not a novel. Here comes a novel. <laughs> yeah, it's not that long. I am only a couple months older than Pretty Hate Machine, born and raised in New Orleans. I discovered NIN when I would stay at my aunt and uncle's after school and raid my cousin's music collection while she was away in college. She was a huge NIN fan and had PHM, Broken, and TDS on CD. I didn't quite understand most of what I heard being in third grade. Good good night. Yeah. In third grade, I was worried about, like, I don't even know. I was listening to the Little Mermaid soundtrack. Nintendo was the... <laughs> In the forefront of my mind and not much else. Uh, vanilla Ice? <laughs> I think I was I was probably still listening to children's music in third grade. Belle Biv DeVoe? Straight up like Raffi. I was probably very into the uh, the New Jack Swing era of I, pop. I could not imagine. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Okay, an early bloomer then. Yeah, but I felt cool listening to this aggressive music. Yeah, you were way cool. <laughs> that swore and sounded like nothing else I'd heard before. But children's attention spans being what they are, when The Fragile came out, I was mostly just listening to whatever top 40 the rest of my classmates listened to. 
Yeah, top four. I was not cool enough to be listening to the top 40 that my classmates listened to in, in third grade. As I said, children's music still. <laughs> well, oh, I guess maybe he's still in third grade. Maybe. I don't know the age. Oh, okay. He's He is talking about later, the fragile. Gotcha. A little bit later, yeah. Then came high school and discovering punk music. Then in my junior year, Hurricane Katrina. My home didn't flood, but my mom's work and my school both did. My mom shipped me off to another uncle's house in Massachusetts, where a good school had agreed to waive tuition for me. I was miserable and cut off from my friends almost completely. I had a difficult relationship with my uncle, and while the other kids at school were nice to me, none of them seemed interested in being friends. I stayed in a cold attic room the whole next school year. Obviously, in the grand scheme of the Katrina diaspora, I was very lucky, but it still sucked. My one respite there was a neighbor of my uncle's who was a music journalist. I befriended him, and we would talk music for hours. He would bring me to his basement where it was wall-to-wall CDs, vinyls, and cassettes. And he let me borrow a couple CDs a week based on our conversations. I'd take them back and burn them, rinse and repeat. I hope you didn't rinse those CDs. Yeah, you don't put CDs in the rinse, you dingus. Who was talking about putting records in the mm, dishwasher? I won't, I won't call them out. Well, I think they read somewhere that people said to I, do that. And I, I think like, it was a troll. Um, this is where you might think I say that I borrowed the fragile. Nope, because my neighbor didn't have it, oddly enough. But he did have With Teeth on CD, which came out earlier in the year, as well as the three albums I snuck at my cousin's. I listened to them constantly for the rest of my stay in Massachusetts. It was from him I learned NIN had spent time recording in NOLA. At the end of the school year, I returned home for good. Shortly after returning, I went to a record store one summer day, and that is where I finally got the fragile. Fragile summer, folks. Hell yeah, fragile... <laughs> Uh, Fragile Summer Part 2. <laughs> the never-ending Fragile Summer. I got home and listened to it immediately, both sides in one sitting. It was like the entire weight of that lost miserable year fell on me at once. I cried often and at some point realized I was grieving, but also that it was over now and I was home. It's a lot for a 17-year-old to process. It seemed to capture a lot of what I felt, had enough NOLA-esque features. Oceanic, aesthetic, Creole French, marching band sounds. And the fact it was even recorded here gave it so much significance. Like the entire universe conspired to bring me this moment. It was pure catharsis. To this day, when I listen to it, I feel all those emotions I had carried with me back home. But I also might be the only one who, at the very end, feels hopeful because I know I'm going to be okay. And nothing can stop me now. Thanks for reading. Much love to you both. Thank you, Matt. And thanks for being a patron, too. And thank you for sharing your story. Uh, yeah, that's very... Very heavy, probably heavier than anything I went through with my Nen journey. So I don't know. That is. Yeah. I mean, being relocated temporarily and being cut off from family and friends yeah. and the city you know and love struggling to repair itself. Yeah. And it's wild that you were there in New Orleans. Didn't know, obviously, that they were there working there. I don't know if they were recording there at the same time you were there. I don't have the timeline straight, but it's cool that it reminded you of that place and i think i agree with that that there is kind of that new orleansy swampy i don't know whatever you want to call it the, i'm talking about a place i've never been to like as if i know but it seems like that tracks especially with the marching band part <laughs> okay the next email comes from summer summer says i'm a newbie fan and i have been following along listening to nin albums as you guys have been reviewing although i cheated and skipped ahead to with teeth it slaps and so far with my ears that have only listened up to with teeth i'd give the fragile eight inches out of nine i loved what jess said about the fragile being a commentary on grief the album is dense like most of trent's work 
rich and complex and gives me the content stuffed feeling of enjoying a large flavorful meal at the end of every listen. Hmm. My favorite track is Just Like You Imagined. What up, Blake? Yeah. And least fave is probably Where Is Everybody? Sorry, y'all. Yeah. Hanging my head now. Have to agree with the sentiment that no song on this album is truly bad. Where Is Everybody just isn't my fave. Okay. Please keep up the amazing content. You guys are a joy to listen to with lovely chemistry. I should hope so. We're married. And it's refreshing to listen to a podcast hosted by two real down-to-earth folks such as yourself. Oh, thank you. Can't wait to keep listening with you guys, Summer. Oh, P.S. With the end of the fragile era imminent. Yeah, well, (laughs) this was written a, a little while ago, too, and I'm sorry for how long it took. I was wondering if we were ever going to get a Finked Files Part 2 bonus app. Thanks again for all your guys' dedication and hard work. That's a good question. Yes, so I was going to come back to that, probably fill in the timeline of what Robin was doing between leaving after the end of the tour for The Fragile and Mm -hmm. when he comes back. So it'll be probably around whenever he rejoins the band and I'll come back to it. Was this the joining the circus part or was that between TDS and Fragile? Uh. The circus? You mean Cirque du Soleil? Yeah, joining the circus. <laughs> he did that between TDS and the Fragile. Okay. We already talked about it. He might have done it again. Yeah. I hope we get to talk about more circus. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Robin deserves another episode. Yes. So more Fink Files imminent. All right. Um, this one is from Jody, Listener Jody. Um, she wanted me to do a content warning before I read this. So content warning, mentioning... Uh, Jody mentions uh, suicide attempts. Blake and Jess of the future, it's me, Jody of the past, in the before fragile episodes times to be exact. Yes, this is a very mm. old email. Yeah, sorry. I was listening to the previous Nailed Bag episodes and decided to email you guys before what I wanted to say exited my brain and went where all the thoughts go when they cease to occupy space in your head. My theory is the same place socks end up on laundry day, but don't take my word for it. Anyway, I wanted you guys to read this on the episode because I think it is important for the listeners to hear what an impact NIN and especially The Fragile had on me. I know I've shared this story in the Discord and a few other places on social media, but I feel like it's time to share it with everyone. As some of you know, April of 2020 was not just the beginning of the pandemic for me, but a moment where my depression had reached a depth that I could not find my way out of, and as such, I was not myself. In all the pain and desperation, one day I swallowed a bunch of pills. I just wanted to sleep and never wake up. This, of course, scared the ever-loving shit out of my husband, who forced me to vomit them and scheduled a FaceTime with a therapist for me. I had scared myself by what I had done so badly. While trying to figure out what the hell my problem was and how to fix it, I decided to turn to music. Namely, The Fragile. I had never listened to it in one go. There were a few songs I hadn't really heard before, so I decided to press play and let it ride. One song in particular, I'm looking forward to joining you finally, hit me right where I needed it. I understood what was being said. I felt Trent's pain in what he was dealing with when he wrote the words, Sweet Smell of Sunshine, I Remember Sometimes. I had longed for innocence in the childhood I never really had for so long that I just cried my eyes out while listening to that song on repeat a few times before moving on to the rest of the album. In a way, I guess you could say that The Fragile, and in particular, that song, played a part in saving my life. I am indebted to Trent and NIN for that. I have no real questions to go with this. I just wanted to share to say thanks for everything to you guys as well. Broken might be my favorite Halo, but The Fragile is some of my favorite songs on it. I may not be here without it. 
Thanks for undertaking this mammoth task of talking about it and listening to it and for reading this and every other email. Love you guys. Jody. Thank you for opening up, Jody. And for sharing that. I appreciate that she said you could say that the fragile, in particular that song, I'm looking forward, played a part in saving my life. Sometimes people will say this band saved my life this person saved my life this album saved my life but the truth is really that they had only played a part that you know yeah, a I band think, can't save you i think we talked about this we talked about tori amos mm-hmm. because she said no i mean you saved your life yeah exactly and you have to give yourself some credit right and we don't we don't do it alone generally we have help but do give yourself uh uh, credit. But yeah, this is really hard and heavy shit to talk about. I'm not good at talking about it, but uh, we thank you and we're glad you're here. Yes. And that that found you when you needed it most. Yeah, I think the fragile also founded found me at a time I really needed it in some very dark teenage years. I'm not going to compare it to your experience, but yeah, there's something to that. The next one is from Katie. Who writes, I recently found your podcast and I can't stop listening. Thank you. I was one of the few that saw a rare airing of Pinion on MTV late at night. Awesome. I'm jealous of that. And not just the Alternative Nation intro. (laughs) Yeah. I was instantly hooked. It was a tease. Internet really wasn't a thing yet, so I had to do old school research. I went to the grocery store with my mom. This was terrible as we hated each other. (laughs) Mm. Just so I could read magazines while she shopped. It took some time, but eventually, but I eventually found more information on Nine Inch Nails. Music videos were the only way I could hear Nin at this time. No radio stations played it. Yeah, I, I identify with that. Probably about the same, that. yeah. Radio was not playing it here either. I was maybe 12 or 13, had no money, and a horrible home life. By the time I could afford to buy cassettes or CDs, I was in foster care. I started with a downward spiral right at the release date. I was excited to hear a full album. I still hadn't heard Broken or Pretty Hate Machine from start to finish at this time. I had an Iowa portable CD player. Shout out to Iowa. Yeah, I had an Iowa bookshelf stereo. I, I had an Iowa something or other. Like, I saved up money for that bastard. I think it was like $200, yeah. and I was so proud. My like, bookshelf was Sony, I think. I think my portable, it was like the Iowa knockoff of the Sony Discman. I think that's what I had. Anyway. With decent headphones. I was in the basement in my Papasan chair. Shout out to Papasans. <laughs> <laughs> the first note made me fall in love. Uh, I hope we're talking about the uh, head bashing sound effect of Mr. Self-Destruct. Because yes, I was in love too. <laughs> as soon as I heard that thwack. I thought, what is this? A basketball bouncing? <laughs> okay. As the CD continued, my imagination ran wild. I heard wiper blades, the hum of a washing machine, the buzz of insects. I vividly recall my first encounter with TDS. My first start-to-finish Nin album experience. I went from TDS to Broken, then I got Pretty Hate Machine. Oh, backward, working backwards. I was at the Valentine's Day concert in St. Louis with the Jim Rose Circus. Shout out, Missouri! (laughs) My first Nin concert, I had seats to the right of the stage. I had to get to the mosh pit. I climbed over people and seats, made my way down to the pit, successfully passed security, and had the best experience ever. At the end, a crowd surfer was dropped and I was kicked in the chest by him. Jesus. 
Some unfortunately grabbed me from going all the way down, and he held on to me the rest of the night. Well, that's good. My perspective of live music was changed forever. So were my ribs. I found out four years later that kick broke multiple ribs, and I have a large calcium deposit on my ribs now. God, fuck that guy. Uh, Trent, you owe uh, Katie some uh, medical uh, compensation. People need to chill out with the... uh, (laughs) With the crowd surfing. I was hoping that she was like going to say, he grabbed me and held onto me the rest of the night and never let me go. We're married now. But <laughs> uh, That could be the case. Maybe. Uh, no. I met my, okay, I guess it's not based on the next paragraph. I met my husband in 1996 and he loves Nin also. We have since been to so many concerts, I can't list them all. All have been general admission and I am front and center of the stage with Trent and arms reach away. If I don't hold on to the crowd control fence, I get shifted away. It's a fight to stay that close. I have a water bottle from Trent at a show in Chicago. If I recall correctly, it was the Congress Theater. Again, I have been to many shows and I love the small venues. Yeah, I'm jealous of that. I want to see him at a small venue. Wish I could have. They were going to play at the Uptown. Uh, Yeah, we got fucked. I also was friends with Rob Sheridan when I had a social media page ages ago. I met him after a show also in Chicago. In Chicago. Sorry, I don't know why I can't read. Cool, though. The only concert that was not amazing was the Fragility Tour, St. Louis. Oh, another less than stellar Fragility review here. It was at Riverport. The dump is not far away, and the smell was overwhelming. Ew. I don't think I've ever been to Riverport. I have not. I've been to many concerts in St. Louis. have not been there. I've been to Mississippi Nights, which... Yeah, I saw Suvian Stevens play there. (laughs) Saw the Decembrists. He was good. Trent was either stone cold sober or hiding that he had relapsed. Hmm, yeah, hard to tell. He did not have his normal stage presence and the smell of the dump made it worse. Man, I can't admit, that sounds like it sucks. <laughs> the dump. Ugh. I also have never liked the acoustics at that venue, no matter the band. Maybe radioactive dump fire fumes mess with the sound. I'm not kidding. Look up Westlake Landfill, just around the corner from Riverport or whatever it is called now. Yeah, that sounds like a nightmare. I'm glad I haven't been there. But I, is it like an outdoor venue, maybe? An amphitheater? That That's what my ha- guess is. That probably has a lot to do with smell wafting in and sound being bad. Sound can be very bad at outdoor venues if you're not perfectly placed. Anyway, I've been wanting to email you both after every episode. I listen while it works, so I can't. Today I'm needing some me time to de-stress. I am on Halo 14 Part 6. She's talking about the song Ripe with Decay. Talking about the song Ripe. Those notes always made me think of Bon Jovi's Dead or Alive, and it drives me crazy. Hmm. I love that you have given me a new perspective so I can get that stupid song out of my head. (laughs) Yeah. I'm okay. I'm trying to think. Um, Do you remember that song? Yeah. It starts with like a twangy. Mm Mm-hmm. I am hooked on your show and I'm catching up to current episodes. My quick message was longer than I set out to share. I have so much more I want to say, but work is piling up. Keep up the episodes. You're both amazing and do amazing research, Katie. Thank you very much, Katie. So I responded to Katie because I had to talk about St. Louis shows as we're both St. Louis showgoers. And there was a follow-up from Katie. That says... 
Blake and Jess. Was reading Rainbow still on PBS when you were kids? Hell the, yeah. The intro to 10 Miles High. Yeah, I, I was a watcher, believe you me. And then later, Star Trek The Next Generation. Because I love <laughs> LeVar Burton. The intro to 10 Miles High has always sounded like the intro to reading Rainbow songs. Can you both do your thing and see if I'm right? Let me do my thing. <laughs> By the way, I, in a, a Comic Con panel... I sang with a crowd of people the Reading Rainbow theme song because I went to a thing where a bunch of Star Trek people were, including LeVar Burton. Didn't he sign a... He signed my action figure and Brent Spiner signed my Data action figure and I still have them and I love them. Butterfly in the sky I'd forgotten about that little part of the song. Yeah, so the the lilacs under ice mm-hmm. synth sound. Yeah, I mean, I never thought of this, but you're totally right. Yeah, like I, I'd forgotten completely about that little intro to so the song. I, yeah, I didn't know there was a, a fat synth. Um, uh, it's just been a while since I saw, I've seen an episode of Reading Rainbow, probably since like fourth or fourth grade. When did they quit showing you that in school? Like when teachers wanted to fill time. Mm, yeah. Because they're picture books. So it had to have been like third or fourth grade, right? Something like, I don't even know if I watched it in school. I watched it at home. Oh. But yeah, total similarity there. Thank you for pointing that out. From Glenn. Thank you, Glenn. Hey, Jess and Blake. Well, I'm sure you're quite ready to be done with this era as fragile summer has now bled into fragile fall, fragile winter, and now fragile spring. Thank you for reminding me, Glenn. (laughs) I gotta say, I really appreciate the time and care you took on this era as it's really nostalgic for me. This era was when I really fell in love with the band. I already liked them by the time The Fragile came out, but much more casually. I had borrowed my older sister's copy, borrowed in quotes, my older sister's copies of PHM, Broken, and TDS probably a year or two before The Fragile came out. I'm pretty sure the only reason I knew who Nin were at all was because if any kid wore a Nin shirt to school, our teachers would throw a fit and make them change it. Hmm, sounds familiar. I liked the records, but I didn't really get it yet, and was probably too young. I think my favorite songs for a while were Kinda I Want To and Ruiner. Wow, the two genders. <laughs> Could not be more different. Which are unfortunately both tracks I don't think Reznor himself likes very much now. Yeah, that is, I think that's right, and... It's a shame because Ruiner is fucking awesome. The Fragile Era is when I got obsessive about it. I watched my VHS recording of that MTV performance over and over, the first time I'd seen them, quotes, live in any sense. Years later, I've had friends of mine credit Danny in that performance with how I play bass. Slung low, wide stance, with big lunging headbangs. Yeah, I very, I have it in my mind's eye right now how Danny is playing. The rest of that era I experienced similarly to Blake, where I ran out to the record store as soon as I could for things falling apart and and all that could have been. I didn't have a DVD player, so I listened to the two-disc CD set constantly. This was about the same time I learned how to drive. Me too. And my car didn't have either a CD or cassette player, so I have distinct memories of listening to Still on some early 2000s iPod hooked up to a janky little thing that transmitted whatever the iPod was playing over an FM signal. Oh, I remember those things. They were awful. Yeah. those. uh, 
weird uh, nightmare gadgets in between digital eras. It was actually a pretty clever little gadget. Too bad it barely worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, clever, except it doesn't work. Anyways, this past year of fragile content, oh God, has been <laughs> lots of fun memories of my favorite album of all time. Can you tell we have a bit of fragile fatigue, even though it's like my favorite album? Over the past few months, I've missed all the patron write-in deadlines for some reason. Oh, for some reason is hyperlinked mm-hmm. to, oh yeah, Glenn becoming a parent. <laughs> so that's a big deal that takes up some time, obviously. It's a cute And I hope it's okay for me to say that. And congratulations. So here's my extremely belated one-disc, 12-track, The Fragile Oh, yeah. Remember when we asked for those Mm -hmm. that I'm calling all filler, no bangers. (laughs) I like that. No killer, all filler. I usually don't like the one disc fragile thought experiment because it usually results in cutting a lot of the instrumentals and weirder songs. And those songs are a huge reason why I think it's such a great record. Me too, Glenn. So for mine, I tried to focus on giving love to the instrumentals, near instrumentals or songs that otherwise don't get a lot of love or are rarely slash never played live. I don't know if it actually works, but it was fun to try. Okay, let me read his one-disc, 12-track playlist. The way out is through is how it begins. The frail. The mark has been made. And then a note here. To make the transition between the frail and the mark has been made work, you need to cheat a bit. I think it works if you use the deviations version, which is just piano and no synth, transpose it down a fourth, and have the last note hit at the same time as the first note of the mark has been made. I made an imperfect proof of concept. Ah, Glenn, a man after my own heart who hears something and then has to create it. So let's listen. He also says, I also tacked on the badass ending from the live DVD because while I'm cheating, I might as well cheat twice. Uh, yeah, love a good mashup. that Mm -hmm. that's the kind of shit i'm into okay let's go to the transition at the end yeah that was a good uh, edit yeah this could have been on the album Okay, awesome. All right, that was in the middle of his playlist. So then, La Mer, okay. Then 10 Miles High, Underneath It All, The New Flesh, Pilgrimage, Complication. I'm looking forward to joining you finally. Ripe with Decay, and then it ends with Just Like You Imagined. Interesting. Okay, Glenn goes on. Anyways, thanks again for the great podcast and the great community around it. To finish off this email for funsies, here's a list of unused Fragile Era hurdle taglines. I don't even remember what half of these were originally referencing. (laughs) Um, As a real quick aside for me, the nailed hurdle is a, we'll call it patron exclusive, a patron exclusive game, a perk of being a Patreon subscriber, if you're wondering what that's all about. Mm-hmm. You can access it in our Discord. So if you're not in the Discord. And they, yeah, so the taglines on the nailed hurdle, 
change periodically. Here are some ones that Glenn did not use. A daily game about Blake's Radio Disney phase. <laughs> it's not a phase, Mom. <laughs> he still listens to Radio Disney. I can't get him to stop. He's a daily game about getting your toes tickled during La Mer. I don't what? remember this I one. I don't. If it's stuff we said on the podcast, most likely I'm not going to remember it. That's funny, though. A daily game about the dopest dance jams of 99. <laughs> oh, Into the Void is the dopest. A daily game about Tarzan boying <laughs> into a pillow. <laughs> that happened on Complication and a, no a number of other tracks. A daily game about that rando who leaned over to you during a screening of seven and loudly <laughs> whispered, that's nine inch nails. Was that you to your mom? That's me to my mom. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Reminds me of when I whispered to the stranger next to me at the Depeche Mode concert, that's the last of us song. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny if you actually did that. Yeah, I'd get punched in the face. <laughs> Hope you have a fist fuckular day, Glenn. Thank you very much, Glenn, for participating and for all that you do. Okay. And if we miss anyone or didn't get to anyone, I'm very sorry. A lot of stuff comes through and we try to not leave anyone out. But if something slipped through the cracks, uh, I don't know, disclaimer, it could happen. I'm very sorry. We're making every effort to, to get everyone. Okay. Do you want me to read the next one? Mm-hmm. And this is from Beth. Uh, this is about the last weekend, the festival. We had an episode about, like, a kind of a yeah. catch-all episode, and we talked about it. And Beth had some, like, an update to give us. So Beth says, hi, just listening to your ep, I lived in York in 2000, and one of my friends offered to drive down to London for NIN. It was her and her husband and me and my boyfriend. We were so excited to see them all the way to London, four and a half to five hours or so. Hang on, hang on. I've heard of New York. There's an old York. <laughs> Uh, until we got to the car park and some random person heard us being excited and was like, yeah, they canceled. <laughs> Before you get too joyful, uh, <laughs> let me ruin your day for you. Honestly, didn't believe him at first, so we checked at the door. Yep, it was true. God. Never been so gutted. Ugh. We got a refund and turned around and went home. Remember when we were mm -hmm. we were talking about refunds? Yeah. They did get refunds. It's interesting. It's not how they do it these days. Now they're like, too bad. Yeah, Should have like, bought the insurance plan that cost $90 per ticket, huh? Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, and then big crying, weeping face emoji mm -hmm. after turning around and going home. Happy to answer any follow-up questions, but it was 23 years ago, and I may not remember details. Thanks again for making the podcast, Beth. Thank you, Beth. Yeah, thanks for confirming that, because I don't really hear about getting refunds on tickets very often. Although we did finally get a refund. For our Rage Against the Machine tickets. The yeah, it took concert, two or three years. <laughs> the concert that was postponed for, I think, two or three years. And uh, whenever they did their most recent tour, they, on the, I think on their first night in Chicago was when Zach hurt his foot, right? Yep. And he played sitting down most of the tour, and then they canceled the dates they hadn't rescheduled, which was us, I think. Was, yep. Were we the only one? There might have been we one more. We were straight up canceled. Yeah, just finally they were just like, yeah, it's not going to happen. Here's your money back. So that's the only right. time I've ever been refunded. I never thought I'd get money back. So that's true. That. I figure I'm surprised I didn't just offer us Ticketmaster credit or something. How awful <laughs> Ticketmaster is. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Beth. We did wonder if that if people got refunded. Yes, for. I'm glad we got that cleared up from someone who was actually there. That's crazy. 
Uh, and I'm sorry that happened to you, by the way. Uh, the next one from our friend Mark. Are I you, like. Are you skipping Rooker or do I get to read Rooker? Oh, is there. Yeah, I'm skipping Rooker on purpose. Oh, well, I'll read Rooker. I'm straight up cold shouldering I'll, this jabroni. I'm going to read Rooker's real quick okay, and then you can go move ahead. on to Mark's. Fine. So I'll, this, I'm taking this, off my headphones, by the way. I'm, I'm leaving the room. <laughs> so this is from Rooker. And Rooker said. Uh, yeah, the fragile needed to be longer and Starfucker sucks major, but Starfucker is more like shouldn't have been on the album. Can I get an amen? Prayer hands emoji. And so I messaged Ricker. This is just a screenshot of the email. And Ricker said, I felt like I needed to say something, but I didn't know what. So that's what you got. Oh my God. I felt like I needed to say something. Uh-huh. The Zoomer <laughs> slogan. You know, Rooker, I just want to say your opinion is valid. A lot of people feel the same way in hating Starfuckers and wishing that the album were longer. So <laughs> you were. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. I could go for a third disc. I don't know about you. <laughs> okay. Next one. Okay. Um, another personal friend of ours, Mark. I like that Mark called it the nailed sack, S-A-C. <laughs> nailed sack slash Nailed sack slash sh- this is a I can't say this. Do you want me to say the name of it? Slash shameless plug. You got it? Yeah, too many SH. Okay. Hey friends, shameless fan letter and possible plug for my album. Dear Blake and Jessica, long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> I've no need to gush. Y'all know how much I adore you both. When I met you guys through our mutual homie Ixie, I told Blake about the accordion album and he suggested I try playing the frail which I now would proudly say is the best Nine Inch Nails song I've covered in on my album. Listening to your favorite song is one thing, but playing it, that's a whole nother level of ecstasy. Sometimes it, it's a bit sexual. Sometimes it feels like I'm frail. Other times I'm reminded of the frailness of life. The vibes change each time I play it, revealing Trent's brilliant composing talent. After listening to your episodes on the album, I really started to get a grasp of what the album was really about. I couldn't help the feeling that Trent was taking an even deeper nosedive into a downward spiral, which turned out to be true. It seemed to last well past the album's release and into the tour as described by fights with Robin and the death of his house sitter studio friend. Oh yeah, we talked about um, Rodney. Trent not attending the funeral of his murdered friend was too real. I'd made a similar regrettable mistake and hearing about it allowed me finally forgive myself. Trent is human, and so am I. Damn. Ma's favorite Nine Inch Nails song, his mom, mm-hmm. is the title track. She belts it out in the car, <laughs> as we all should. That's a great one to belt out. I'm with Ma here. Last but not least, check out my accordion Nine Inch Nails cover album, mixed by Blake himself, supported by Jessica, and all the nailed jabronis. Or Patronis, if you will. I added that. Thank you. The Great Bellow. That's what his album is called. His cover's album, by the way, is called The Great Bellow, as in accordions have bellows. Mm-hmm. That's how they operate with wind and air. Uh, streaming everywhere on May 27th. Ooh, that's very soon. Buy an accordion shirt <laughs> on my website, The Great Bellow. That's B E L L O W dot com. Profit goes toward a new accordion. Shameless plug over. Love. Galvanatrix, which is his online handle. Yeah, um, check out that album. And I'm I'm glad to include this plug 
because I'm also a part of the project. I was very privileged to be able to uh, mix it and even add a little bit uh, of, uh, I play a little bit on it. That's being generous to what I did, but yeah, it's very cool. Um, everyone should hear it. I'm going to insert a clip, a little sneaky preview here. So our next one is from Alex. Alex says, nothing new from me that I haven't mentioned on Discord. Alex was the the listener, the Patroni he suggested talking about last weekend, which is... Ah, uh, yeah. yes. Um, did you mention the radio interference during The Wretched? I believe we did, and I think I tried to isolate it, and I could never quite get what was being said. Yeah. There's some kind of radio advert that they apparently couldn't get off the recording, but Trent liked <sighs> it and it stayed. I almost read and it slayed, but it, it you know. did slay though. <laughs> I'm not sure how true that is, but I remember hearing that at the time of release, and I can see people still refer to it on Reddit. Geese on a drift and at peace. That's why we talked about this in Discord too. Mm. Uh, Blake thought it sounded like radio interference slash static. Yeah. But I always thought it sounded like migrating geese at the end of a drift and at peace. Again, it could be anything, but that's where my brain went on first listen and it won't budge. And I believe that uh, Alex wrote about this in the Discord. Um, and I could hear that when I listened to it again. And it kind of makes sense because it's like, you know, tied into yeah. La Mer, ocean. Right. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. yeah. Fragility tour version on Down In It. This tour version includes the ESG UFO sample as used in the cover of Metal. Yeah. When they played Down In It on the Fragility Tour, they added samples, a sample from that UFO track that was um, used, also used on the Metal cover. Um, on a personal note, this must have been a massive slog for you, but I have enjoyed it immensely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad someone did. No, we enjoyed it. But yeah, it was also a slog. Thank you for all your hard work. The Fragile is easily the most sophisticated album of its time, and nothing has or likely ever will surpass it as my favorite album of all time. Cheers, Alex. Bye. Awesome. Yes, thank you, Alex, for pointing out things that uh, I would not have known otherwise. I want to point out one more thing before we move on and before I forget. And I meant to do this on the Fragile wrap-up, but I forgore. Mm-hmm. Um, Skull. <laughs> but one of our patrons also in the Discord... Uh, Jacob pointed out that the opening notes of Slipping Away from Things Falling Apart are the same or similar or sampled um, from Teenage Wildlife from David Bowie's Scary Monsters. So. Yeah, it is. It's the same note. It's a similar drone. My personal speculation is that it's not sampled, but Trent almost certainly was influenced by it. Mm -hmm. So A little homage to Bowie. And, and God knows he has cribbed from Bowie heavily before. See a warm place. <laughs> All right, next up. Okay, 
from our friend John. John says, I could talk endlessly about what the fragile means to me, but I'll try to keep it brief. Both musically and visually, it's one of the most complete works ever created, in my opinion. As a musician, it has inspired me to push myself and take creative risks without fear. The visual sparked my love for macro photography and pixel art. It started me on the path of manipulating cheap equipment to capture unique images of nature and digital screens. The imperfections in the stringed instruments and choir vocals give each song a lot of character. Every time I listen to The Fragile, I discover new details and get more out of it. The production still holds up to today's standards, which is why I think it's more popular among Nin fans than ever before. The connection between the album's art, the singles, and other releases like And All That Could Have Been, and Still, is perfect. The recurring themes in songs like The Frail, The Fragile, La Mer, Into the Void, and Adrift and at Peace strengthen the overall artistic experience. On a personal level, the lyrics have been instrumental in getting me through my growing up. It was a really rough time, and all of Trent's lyrics, but especially from the Fragile Era, helped me feel not so alone. Knowing there's someone else out there feeling something similar, or getting through something someone has passed through already, kept me going, and a big reason why I'm still here. There's so much more I could say about this album, but I'll leave it at that. I hold the Fragile Era in high regard visually, musically, and lyrically. And then ends with a quote, all I've undergone, I will keep on. Uh, very well stated, John. I can't improve upon what they said. So yeah, thank you for that thoughtful wrap-up to the fragile era. I thank probably you, couldn't have come up with a better summation of it all if I, if I sat down and tried. So I'm, I'm glad you did. And I agree. Okay, um, next one. And this was sent to us on, well, it was sent to us yesterday, hmm. Saturday, May 20th, which is important to this, this email, actually. It's from Matt. And Matt says, just wanted to share that today, May 20th, 2023, marks 23 years since I saw Nine Inch Nails for the first time during the Fragility 2.0 tour here in Atlanta. It is still the best live show I have ever seen. Cheers on the podcast. I'm currently obsessed. And then Matt sent along a uh, picture of the... Ticket, Ooh. ticket stub. I was at the Lakewood Amphitheater. That stub is in really good condition for being <laughs> 23 years old. It really is. Ticket price, uh, $44 Dang. with a convenience charge of $5.25. Imagine <sighs> if someone was like today was like, You're, the, the fee is $5.25. I'd be like, yes. <laughs> Instead, so, you like check out. You go to check out and you uh, see that each ticket has a $70 fee. And you're like, yeah. what the hell? How'd that happen? Um, now I just go to the filter. On Ticketmaster, and I turn on uh, ticket prices with fees. That way I know what I'm getting into before I buy a ticket. Lakewood Amphitheater. Presented by MTV2. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's awesome. Obviously, Matt takes good care of ticket stubs. It's probably framed here. Not sure. All right, next one. Tim, it's on you, Blake. From Tim. Blake, Jess, and Oscar. I can't believe the fragile era is over. I absolutely loved it. And at the same time, I kind of have the feeling of we made it. <laughs> we did. It's Yeah, we did. How did we make it? This next sentence, I think Tim is implying that the fragile era is, is short compared to this log of the Tomb Raider episode. <laughs> um, and Tim says, 
this Tomb Raider soundtrack, like Blake, I picked it up on its release. But other than Deep, I listened to three seconds of each of the remaining songs, knew it was a bag of used diapers, and never listened again. Yeah, the parts we were... that you uh, couldn't see of the episode because, you know, it's audio is me being bored to tears by almost every single song on that soundtrack. And I'm sorry. We... We weren't nice to the Tomb Raider soundtrack, but we were kind compared to Tim's <laughs> assessment here. I, Teenage Blake, enjoyed the soundtrack okay, but truly, I just got it for deep. Yeah, it's just funny, though, because I think I was pretty bored, and Blake would be like, uh, are you still with me? And I'm like, yeah. She was, like, drooling. And, <laughs> yeah. I've been thinking about the best nail song from a soundtrack, and that's tough. Oh, yeah, because we, we ranked mm-hmm. Nin soundtrack songs. A perfect drug seems obvious, but Burn is a banger, and between seeing the two live, I would have to go with Burn. Okay. Burn is awesome live, uh, as well as perfect drug. A few random thoughts and questions before the break. Can we get some Oscar <laughs> merch at the shop? Maybe a shirt with a nailed logo and Oscar laying on top or something like that. Yes, I've been wanting to do Oscar merch, uh, an Oscar shirt for a while, um, and I, I feel bad because I want to steal a something that one of our patrons said and i think it was uh, i think it was jim if jim we'll send jim a t-shirt for free okay i'm pretty sure jim might have been the first to say nothing can stop meow Mm -hmm. and i would love to put that and a picture of oscar's face and i think that's it on the shirt let me know if if you all think that's a good mer- a good shirt idea that you would like to purchase. And Jim, let me know if that's okay to do. We will give you something. We'll give you a free shirt, whatever you want. And whatever if you want. <laughs> Not within reason. <laughs> I mean, do you want Oscar? We'll give him to you. Just kidding. Okay. Tim goes on. Planning any trips on the break? Not really. The only thing I can think of is um, you bought tickets to see Paramore a while ago. Yeah. And that's in early July. So we're going to go to St. Louis briefly and then probably just an overnight trip. And we may or may not still be on break by then. I don't know. We might be coming back from break. We might be doing our um, patron. Yeah. Probably by that time we'll be doing patron picks on Mm -hmm. the bonus feed. Yeah. The only other trip we have planned this year is in October. Yep. And that's Depeche Mode again. (laughs) Okay. Like Blake, I'm a fan of female artists, word up, and was wondering your opinion of Kelly Clarkson. Like Nails, I have seen every tour other than the first. I'm trying to plan a Vegas trip in August for her residency at Planet Hollywood. If you're unfamiliar, my favorite album is My December, her least successful. What the hell does that say about (laughs) me? I don't know that one. The only one I know, I remember the one that had Since You've Been Gone Mm -hmm. and a few other... Was Radio. Miss Independent on that? No, same that was one? her first record. Okay, I th- and I think this was her her second record. It had some a few big radio hits that Since were just you've like been gone mainstays. Was a yeah, I think it was like Behind These Hazel Eyes. Remember that one? I that know. was, and there was some other stuff too. At least one other one. Um, I was never huge into Kelly, Kelly Clarkson actually, but I thought Since You've Been Gone was very catchy. It had a, a real moment. And that's just a well-produced song. So I don't have a big opinions on Kelly Clarkson. She seems cool. There's like never been anything coming out about her that's like, she's an asshole. Oh, well. Is there? Is there? I don't think it was about her. It was about her staff on her talk show. Oh, who cares? Being like the production crew being horrible to other workers. So it's allegedly, like, it's not her, but it's other people that work hmm. like 
her management staff, maybe. I'm not certain. So it's the opposite of Ellen, where Ellen was the monster and her staff were the the ones who were being bullied. Yeah. yeah I think so. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I do have a theory that she just started her talk show so she could cover songs at the end of every episode. I uh, mean, yeah. And sure. I mean, <laughs> if she wants to do that, <laughs> if that's what she wants to do, let her do it. Um, well, I appreciate that there are other fans of female vocal pop out there. So thank you. Um, okay, continuing. Haven't installed the nail patch yet, but as soon as I do, you'll be the first I send pics to. Yeah, I really want to see the the patch jacket with the nail patch on it. Finally, in the 90s, one of my favorite things about nails was I didn't ever see them, didn't know what they looked like until I saw them live, and I love that. Well, that's crazy. Imagine not seeing like magazines or MTV, but just waiting to see them live. Anyway, here was a guy that didn't give a give a F about planning his face on the album, which was a huge difference in all the other crap I listened to. And to this day, the logo still gives me chills. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. That Because Trent didn't plaster his face on the album art at all. You, and not every album had a interior picture of him either, right? So uh, yeah, only PHM did. Yeah, and it was very Blurry, abstract. Yeah. And then not until with teeth. teeth. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. He's on the cover of the slip. <laughs> Although you couldn't really tell it was him. What we never had was a voice for normal Joes like me talking about the albums and music. It was hard to find Nail fans at all. In my head, they are Nails fans and Closer. Wait. Oh. In my head, there are Nails fans and Closer fans. Okay. Like casuals and uh, hardcore fans. And you guys have really filled that void. Pun in- Is there a pun intended? Even echoing the sound years ago, I don't want to say the hardcores were pompous, but that was the vibe. <laughs> you couldn't like Nails and Bjork. You were frowned upon, or that's how I felt anyway. That hey, makes no sense. We have some Nails and Bjork likers in this household. With, uh, with FB, I think Facebook, mm-hmm. I started to feel at home. Not the big group, smaller ones like the Wretched or Somewhat Damaged. See, these I'm not familiar with because I'm not a Facebook user. And to cheese out a bit on Nailed, you guys complete me. Aww. Thank you. Jerry McGuire Just like reference. Jerry. Mark Pellington. Z- hey, Mark, Mark, if you're listening. Mark. Mark listens. Have a great break. You earned it. This email goes nowhere and everywhere, but I figured what the hell. Plus, if you need content, I didn't want you reading my last one for the third time. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. I told you. I read Tim's last one twice <laughs> because my memory is doo-doo. <laughs> It's so bad. Age, don't ever age. If you have the option, don't age. It sucks. Wishing you all the love in the world, Tim. Thank you so much, Tim. Thank you, Tim. For all you do. Um, okay. I want to do a short one real quick. Uh-huh. And I don't want to elaborate too long on this one because I feel like this will be a conversation that we'll get more in depth on uh, whenever we talk about With Teeth. Okay. Because there's a song that the oh. letter writer references here, but that yeah, I feel like, anyway... We haven't gotten to one of this song yet, so. Okay, so this is from Fred, and Fred says, Hello, Nailed. I really enjoy the show, and I wanted to get your thoughts about something I've heard in certain NIN songs. What do you make of Trent's use of live crowd noise in studio tracks? The two that come to mind right away are the big come down, especially on the Deviations 1 version, and right where it belongs. Yeah, with teeth, so. We all can agree Trent doesn't do things without specific intention, so there must be some meaning behind it. Are those tracks about being seen? Are they a meta comment on NIN as an artistic entity? Is he talking to us? 
Curious to hear your thoughts. Thanks for doing your thing and give Oscar some head scritches for me. We will. I pet Oscar on the daily. I'll have you know. <laughs> and he demands it sometimes he and won't stop yelling at us until he gets them. Mm-hmm. So next, he's sleeping now, but. Uh, he's been so quiet, weirdly quiet. Yeah. He's alive. Don't worry. Yeah. He's, he's curled up. He's being cute. I think Blake forwarded this to me. Yeah, so and I said, I said he for gore down in it. <laughs> Skin. Skin. <laughs> just to be a little stinker. I like, just as an aside, I like on like the Woodstock performance and other stuff, you can see Danny going really hard, triggering the crowd noise sound on the keyboard, the DX7, mm-hmm. just like mashing it. Because I think every key is mapped to just do the crowd sample. <laughs> just, I would just be pushing that all the time. <laughs> Like his life depended on it. It's yeah. fun to watch. I have a question real quick. Mm-hmm. Maybe we already talked about this. I mean, I'm sure we did when we talked about the song, but at the beginning of Wish. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a it's a white noise. Okay. Like, but it reminds me of crowd sounds. It's similar. It's mm-hmm. just white noisy. I don't, I'm not sure it what just it makes, is. And I probably associate it with the crowd sound because of the music video where there's people yeah, like trying yeah, to get yeah, to him yeah. in the cage. and The jail for cool people or whatever. <laughs> Prison for cool Prison, people. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's one reason I associate it with the crowd noise. But I think if I think he uses them for different reasons, uh, depending upon the song and the context. Down in it is a more percussive element, mm-hmm. but it also it was a sample from like a sports um, sports anthem. Yes, kind of. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, so I feel it has a different type of energy than the sound or than the crowd noises in, like, right where it belongs. Yep. And also, for some reason, I think of it more as a, a fist-pumping kind of, uh, almost, I want to say militaristic, which sounds horrible, but I don't know. It, it, it injects energy, Yeah, you could say. It does something different than I feel like. You could call it, speaking militaristic, I mean, look at things like pilgrimage or hyperpower. Ooh, we didn't talk about hyperpower. Mm. That's... There's crowd noise and like crowd yep. screams, yep. <laughs> and then be- similarly to the becoming mm-hmm. cra- screams of agony, <laughs> screams of pain and agony from a crowd. He likes to take the human element and uh... and really fuck with it. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I just think it depends upon the context of the song, and I think when you're talking about. Uh, right where it belongs, I think, is where you get into the more meta commentary about it. Yeah. And I feel like we'll... I feel like you're right on all accounts, actually. Um, and I want to get more into this whenever we talk about right where it belongs. Because there's two different yep. energies there for the, the crowd sounds. This is a longer discussion to be had, so that <laughs> you're just going to have to wait for with teeth. So, sorry, you have to listen to all these mm-hmm. other episodes first. <laughs> anyway, that's all I have. But my favorite use of crowd sounds is probably down in it and right where it belongs. Two opposingly different uses and crowd sounds. In I, the- yeah, I'm a fan of the clever usage of the fake canned crowd. Um, and I've heard many artists do it in ways that I like. I, I'll say real quick about, uh, I like it on the big come down. You only hear it on the deviations version instrumental because it was cut from the fragile album version but to me that sounded like they were people come in cheering for like 
Trent being a guitar hero because he's doing like this guitar lick at the same time. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like things are getting really big, even though it's a song about you are falling, falling apart and turning to shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's some irony at work there that, that I like. Yeah. I also just one more thing about crowd sounds, depending upon how they're used. I feel like they invoke a different feeling from the listener. Well, I feel like the crowd sounds on down in it, they aren't really alienating per se, or um, they're not warm, but I feel like there's something about the that type of usage and the crowd noise that kind of makes you feel like you're part of the crowd. And like I said, it's maybe the militaristic bent of it. Yeah. Right? But the crowd sound usage for like right where it belongs is very different. Yeah, for sure. Well, good question. And we have one more, I think, that I came think in last this sh- minute. This should be the last one from Sahan. Our friend Sahan, who sent the disturbed <laughs> bootleg interview CD, which I hope to use in uh, future content. Sahan says, oh, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, sorry if I'm not. Two things about the Fragile Era. One, like a lot of people, I was introduced to Nen via the Closer video in 94 and instantly fell in love with the downward spiral. Between 94 and 99, I discovered and fell in love with so much music... Around the Fur, OK Computer, Hello Nasty, Things Fall Apart. Not Things Falling Apart, Things Mm -hmm. Fall Apart. The Roots. The Roots. Evil Empire. But my love for Nin never wavered, and my anticipation for the follow-up remained strong. By the time The Fragile came out, I was so excited for it, and despite it not really sounding like any of those things, it felt like a record that fit well among a lot of the other stuff I was listening to. I can't say that about a lot of other longish follow-ups by artists I loved, and to this day, it's my favorite of their catalog and the one that I find myself playing the most. Also, I think I put Whiteout over the track listing in case my mom somehow came across <laughs> Starfuckers. Did I ever tell you? Like, wow. I probably talked about this on a different podcast or something, but my my Mormon friend Matt in high school would have me record like Dead Kennedys cds onto cassette for him but i would label them like bob dylan's yeah. greatest hits yeah. or whatever i think you yeah. mentioned that i've never heard We've of someone there. doing the whiteout though <laughs> like what if you did it just on star fuckers that's funny and you wrote suckers over <laughs> two my dear friend matt last name withheld had maybe the best first listening experience for the fragile that anyone could have ever wished for He was on vacation in Florida on release day and went to a Virgin Megastore to pick up the album. The weather was mad sketchy on that day, hurricane season type stuff. The sky was a weird shade of green. Mm, Hate that green. It was really humid and balmy. His first time ever hearing the fragile was on a disc man while sitting next to a pond surrounded in an atmosphere and environment that was essentially the same as the album art. Essentially, he got to hear the fragile for the first time while more or less living in the album art. That's the hardest shit of all time. (laughs) Yeah, I cannot disagree. That goes pretty fucking hard, and I'm actually jealous of that experience. I mean, the only thing better would be like... I want that. I want that for me. What? I was about to say, the only thing better would be like going to buy it at midnight, and there's a surprise concert, and it's Nine (laughs) Inch Nails. Like that, I don't... Yeah. They're at the Virgin Megastore, (laughs) and they just start... You just hear... Honestly, I thought it was going to be something like that because I was just reading along with you and I was like, oh, okay. That's cool. Like imagine this 
the green gross sky would make me think of like the mark has been made and the imagery from that. Yeah, just the eeriness of those kind of skies that seem very surreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When it, we live in a place where tornadoes happen a lot mm-hmm. and we get green skies that just look like doom. Yeah, they're really scary. That's when you get kind of scared. Yeah. Thanks as always for being the best of the best. Well, that's very kind. Love, Sahan. Thank you very much. It's a good, great one to wrap up on. So, thank you. What's next for nailed? Next for nailed, baby break. Uh, then we're gonna tackle some of our uh, Patreon picks, and then we're gonna plunge into with teeth, or as I've been corrected, a with a a with a teeth. Get it right or pay the price. <laughs> there won't be anything posted to the main feed for a little bit. If you're craving content, you can go to our Patreon, you can find all our links on nailedpod.com. We got 42 bonus episodes to listen to, and we'll do some more during that break picked by patrons. They get to pick the topic. Mm-hmm. We will be doing another Robin episode too. Yeah. Just not right now. Also in the break, I would like to finally do something I thought about doing for a long time, which is doing a little video and posting it of kind of how I do my mashups and just a quick little workflow because people have asked for this. Mm -hmm. It would be fun to just do a video that shows me working in Reaper and stuff. How I make the mashups. Shockingly simple, folks, Uh, but not really. But be on the lookout for that. Want to work on some of my own music. (laughs) What else we want to get done? Mm -hmm. I want to clean up my house and throw a bunch of crap away. Yeah. Self-care time. Self-care for sure. Play some Zelda. Read. Chill out. Read some good stuff. Take long walks. Listen to good music. Get in shape. (laughs) I got to get into with the Tifa shape before I We should both start hitting the gym. And by the time we come back, we're as swole as Trent. I think that would take longer than two months for, well, maybe not for you. I don't want to be swole though. I've never been swole in my life. I don't know how that would even happen. I don't want to be swole. I don't. You don't want to look like a one of the ladies of WWE. They're lovely, but <laughs> um, okay. Well, thanks so much for sticking with us and and for sending your letters. Very kind. Nobody sent a mean letter that said your show sucks shit. Everything was glowing praise, and that um, makes it worth it for me. What? Oh, I was just thinking. I bet we're gonna get one soon. Why would we? Oh. You mean, oh, and with teeth, we might get some bad emails? Uh. If people don't agree with with us in the future. But, I mean, people have been surprisingly mature about things. If they don't agree, they don't have to start a fight about it. Because <laughs> who cares? <laughs> people don't agree. Big whoop. Let's just agree on the important things, like uh, health care. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I hate to break it to you. People, some people don't agree on that. Anyway, um, I guess that's all for a bit. Sorry to say, uh, bye temporarily. It's weird. We'll be, I know we'll be back. Look, we'll be back before you know it. Plenty of content in the meantime. So hit us up on our socials, go to nailedpod.com. Take care of yourselves. Love each other. What else, Jess? What what's what do you what do you want to say? Mm, uh, be good. Uh, 
Drink enough water, hydrate. Girl boss, gatekeep, <laughs> gaslight. I have that all very backwards. <laughs> I think you got it. I think girl boss is last or something. And, but yeah. Um, do all do all that stuff. Self self care June is what we're aiming for. Self care June. Mm-hmm. It's no longer fragile summer, it's self care summer. That's right. And with teeth late summer. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. Bye, everyone. Thank you. And didn't that make you feel better? <laughs> <laughs>